Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Chris Kevin. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in, as always. If you are joining us for the first time, you are joining us on the first week of our new endeavor entitled Stay Tuned Month. Uh, If you are familiar with the show, you will know that throughout the show's history, we always seem to reference other movies, bring up other movies in conversation, and we find one that we're talking about that we're thinking like, wow, this is also dog shit. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, then say, you know, we'll stay tuned for that one. So we figured let's put our money where our mouth is this month, and every episode in the month of November is going to be a movie we have stay tuned at some point in the show's history. So what better place to start than stay tuned? Unlike... Our Sally Mae accounts, we are finally repaying this debt. You know what I mean? We kept borrowing and borrowing and putting it off and uh-huh. putting it off. And we got Maury in, and he checked over the books. <laughs> and he's, he said that there were just all these open accounts. He's like, there's a sliver of the account. There's a stay tuned account. There's, and, I mean, really, we have, to be, we have to be frugal now. We have to be efficient with our funds. Lest a shady credit agency buy our debt, which is what you don't want to happen. Yeah, no. please don't buy Buy my debt away from me. <laughs> Don't do me that favor. <laughs> ah, so stay tuned. 1992, directed by Peter Hyams. Peter Hyams, uh, who also served as his own director of photography in this movie. I don't think I've ever seen that happen. That's uh, Soderbergh. Soderbergh does that. But under a fake name, though. Yeah, he does. Oh, under really? A fake name. Oh, that's yeah. weird. a fake name. And like the Coens use a fake name as the editor. They yeah. edit all their own yeah. movies. But this is just like. I fucking shot it, and I directed it, and this is Stay Tuned, 1992's greatest comedy ever, right, audience? I don't know how proud you want to be about how this movie looks. Because uh, <laughs> it just looks like plain old early 90s dog shit. It looks, it looks like a fucking scene, from, like the entire movie looks like a scene from 30-something. <laughs> Do you mean 30-something to life? Ah, oh, shit! All right. See, if people haven't seen that movie, no one's getting that joke because we haven't got there yet. So we better get there. So this movie is about John Ritter is a, is a television addict. He's addicted to TV. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard It's a of. thing we were really worried about in the 90s. It's like, are we watching too much television? What's too much television? Uh-oh. Right. And we're going to make a lot of bad parodies of bad TV shows. Right. So, long story short, uh, he gets sucked into a television system that's owned by the devil <laughs> and operated uh, by the devil's number two, played by noted child sex offender Jeffrey Jones. Playing himself in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what Jeffrey Jones is going to be sentenced to when he inevitably dies and goes to hell for being a child molester or whatever happened, it taking was, pictures not, of kids. I don't want the Jones. I'm sure he's got rabid lawyers. He didn't molest any kids that we know of. He but just took a lot of weird pictures. A I lot think, of weird pictures in underwear and exercise gear and whatever other sexy bl- little I outfits. I believe you call him a shutter man. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeffrey Jones, Shutterbug. <laughs> Anyway, that guy's a scumbag, and he's in this movie. Speaking of scumbags, uh, for people <laughs> on the East Coast, uh, some, I guess he was like a, 
a rock DJ just got arrested for being a for like soliciting sex with a seven year old girl, and I love the New York Post because his name was Dan Herman, and it's just around Halloween, so the headline was Herman Monster. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, I didn't hear about that. Oh yeah, some guy just—he was like, he got stung. You know, one of those good old-fashioned to catch a predator sting. Oh yeah, he got Chris whatevered. He was like, he was trying to solicit some seven-year-old. He was like going through the mother of some seven-year-old girl, like, hey, come to my Hawaiian island or some such thing, and it just did not work out in his favor. Sidebar: It's pretty impressive that a New York radio DJ owns a Hawaiian island. I, I don't know if he owned the Hawaiian island or some. He just he, he leased was, it. You think maybe he just had a he had a Thai bungalow somewhere. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, that makes more sense. That one I get. <laughs> so stay tuned. Okay, it starts off kind of like uh, David Kelly or Richard Kelly's The Box. A little bit, it, yeah. It's almost the exact same start, which is here's this like you know domesticated suburban household. But this time it's John Ritter uh, instead of Cyclops. And a, a shady figure comes to the door, and it's Jeffrey Jones selling TV equipment. I'm not opening the door in the middle of the night for no. Jeffrey Jones pre or post scandal, let alone a beheaded Jeffrey Jones. He's got like a, this sinister fedora. He's dressed like Dark Man. <laughs> he looks like the black spy versus spy. Yeah. <laughs> he does. I'm not opening that door. I'm not opening the door for Arnold Vuslu or Liam Neeson. <laughs> but, like, th- this whole addicted to TV thing is so fucking stupid. So he's, like, watching TV. The kid, the kid, the, they have two kids. Mm-hmm. The son also serves as the useless narrator for the beginning and end of this movie. Uh, and the son explains that his mom is a successful so and so in the pharmaceutical industry or something. And John Ritter's a loser who can't sell plumbing supplies. He's like a traveling salesman, which I guess still happened in the early 90s. But I was thinking about it when I was watching it. I was like, that's definitely a profession that's more or less dead. Oh, the internet butchered that. Oh, yeah. All of that. So I guess like they're on hard times marriage-wise because she's very successful and accuses John Ritter of being jealous of her success. And to instead of, you know, and I guess it... To this character's credit, instead of drowning his sorrows in the bottle, he just drowns it with cable television. But this dude is, like, comically obsessed with TV. He's, but the weird thing is, like, they say he has a TV obsession, but a lot of the times he's just watching old movies. Like, I kind of feel like there's a difference between being a TV head, quote-unquote, thank you, David Byrne, and, and or somebody that just watches a lot of movies on TV. There's got to be a difference there. But it's more than that. It's that he's a lazy fucking shit, yep. and he's just, he throws his garbage everywhere, and he's just a slob. That's the bigger issue. If you, if this, okay, if we entered into this home, and it was a really nice living room that looked cleaned up, and he just happened to be on the couch watching television every day, and maybe had, like, I don't know, like, a notepad or, like, just a dog there, you wouldn't give a shit, because he's just watching TV, this whole thing is that he's got, like, the fucking old pizzas next to him. He's got, like, papers from last year just scattered about. <laughs> and for some reason, he puts a hat on to watch television. Oh, it's my TV hat. <laughs> Honey, get my TV hat. And yeah, he's sitting in a big old Archie Bunker recliner, and he's just not going anywhere. What I love, there's a great detail when he's watching TV. 
there's like a roaring fire in the fireplace and it's like a really small living room and I'm like fuck do you need this fire lit for while you're watching the the seattle supersonics r.i.p r.i.p the seattle supersonics i, I shed a tear when i saw them <laughs> yeah no it's always great when you see someone you know, i watch like uh like singles yeah and they, uh, they're all fucking sonics fans in that movie and i'm like oh man that was a great basketball team but he's he's also a sports junkie and yeah. so the, the, the whole movie kind of kicks into gear when his wife who is uh, Mindy from Mork and Mindy comes in and she's like, listen, I'm growing to hate your guts because you watch TV constantly and you don't fuck me, is basically this movie. Her line is, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about renting out your side of the bed. Like, it's, <laughs> that's a pretty direct threat. Like renting out the side of the bed uh, for slumber or like playtime? I think it's a bit of both, man. Yeah. I think you get... It's pay for play. I think it's like Jim Carrey's mother and the cable guy. Oh, just watch the television. I'm just going to go out for the night. <laughs> well, she, yeah, he's very lucky that she's not sleeping around on him. And she's like trying it, maybe. She's thinking about it. Like, oh, she's definitely talked to her friends at work about this situation. Mm-hmm. For sure. So she comes in and she's like, this is what's going to happen. You're not fucking me. I'm going to rent out your side of the bed. I'm going to leave. I'm going to do something. And he's trying to watch this basketball game. And, you know, it's a big joke where he's like, I need to tell you something very important. She's like, oh, finally, you're being open with me. And he's like, we're in double overtime right now. And she flips the fuck out, you know, and she throws what I presume is a bowling trophy (laughs) through this television set. And he almost fucking dies right there. His precious TV. He seizes up. He starts like almost crying. You know, it's (laughs) he's really sad about it. So they have this big blowout, and she's like, I'm moving out. This is it. The, you know, fuck you. I'm going to my mother's or whatever. And he's putting, like, the little kitchen countertop TV on top of the broken TV, Foxworthy style. <laughs> the fucking watch. Like, he can't stop watching the Maltese Falcon. He can't even take the broken television to the fucking curb. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. You, you can't. Like, I understand like, you know, being lazy, but you cannot appropriate broken things into furniture. That's first step to hoarder. Like, yeah. once it's just nope. like, well, it's there. Well, he, that's what I'm saying. He's well on his way to hoarder with the chips and the newspapers <laughs> all around him. <laughs> we a don't get of- a wide shot of this thing. There's probably cat droppings everywhere. Oh, guaranteed there's cat shit all over this Collected house. those TV guides. Yep. Oh, they're going to be worth something someday, Steve. Didn't you know that? I have to hang on to all of these TV guides. All of them. Honey, I'll take out these pizza boxes once I fold them up. And that never happens. No, I'm going to sell it on eBay one day. When are you going to do that? One day. eBay hasn't been invented yet. (laughs) Once they invent eBay. (laughs) What's even more of a reason why I haven't sold it on eBay yet? So Jeffrey Jones shows up and he's like, listen, you've won this chance to try this new television system. And you know... Point against John Ritter here because Jeffrey Jones starts off his whole spiel with like, uh, and first things first, John Ritter, you get 666 channels. And I'm like, well, he's clearly working for the devil. He might be the devil. He might not. It doesn't matter. There's something satanic afoot. Just politely thank him and get him out the door. Thanks, but no thanks, the devil. Like, I, I see you, you're wearing all black, you've got red trim, you've got like white face paint on for no reason, and you're played by Jeffrey fucking Jones. Thanks, but no thanks, the devil. 
But he he agrees to this free trial. Because, you know, he's like, listen, I don't have any money right now because I'm terrible at selling pipes or whatever I do. <laughs> and that fucking bitch wife won't give me any TV money to spend. <laughs> so he's like, well, did I mention there's a free trial, 30 days, you know, all that shit. So the wife walks in with a suitcase and almost has her head explode because there's John Ritter setting up this huge big screen TV. And it's an early 90s big screen TV, too. There's fucking wood paneling all over the place. I think it's one of those like rear projection TVs. Holy shit, those were terrible. Speakers built in, baby. That's what you want. Yeah. So are we to believe that Jeffrey Jones just had like two movers in the back of his devil van or wherever he came up here with? Well, here's the thing about this movie that's very weird is if we're going into the world of the devil, it's like I snap my fingers. It's bedazzled. You're yeah, going to yeah. be going over here. You're going to be right. over there. No, no, no. There's like real world technology involved. Like someone's hooking this up because later in the movie, spoiler alert, the sun hacks into hell. Mm hmm. <laughs> With a fucking with a busted up stereo because it's the nineties and that shit's adorable. I just have to take this radio apart. And hell apparently looks like NORAD. Oh man, yeah, we'll get to that. But you're right though. There's a dude in the backyard because, of course, again, it's the early nineties, so there's a gigundo satellite dish in the backyard. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of fucking NASA or whatever, and uh, you know, there's a dude who's like installing it and whatever. And I was like, who the fuck's this guy? Is he in the back seat of Jeffrey Jones' car? Where are these wires going? Like, are you (laughs) burying them into hell? Yeah, grown adults in the back of his van. (laughs) Yeah, what are you doing there, Jeffrey Jones? Well, it's not yet midnight. It's not yet (laughs) the witching hour. That's you're getting a little old, Hector. Better start fixing TV equipment or you're out in your ass. <laughs> so Jeffrey Jones is like, all right, 666-day trial or whatever. And he's like, all right, enjoy your TV. Enjoy your devil puns. Talk <laughs> to you later. And there's a ridiculous, like, Jeffrey Jones is in his big black car. And he's, like, driving down this road where it's, like, closed off due to construction. And through the magic of poor computer graphics the road opens up and the car drives in and drives into doom yep just goes right in you're like oh okay so we can 100 percent confirm that he is in some way affiliated with the lord of darkness and apparently they have great parking in hell because <laughs> he doesn't want to have that looks like a nice buick he's got there it's a big old black buick big old boat car it'll be big wide spacing it's just weird like this hell is a corporate like you've got a lot of different hells when you think about it. You brought up Doom. That's just sort of we're on an abandoned spaceship hell, which mm-hmm. is some which is a hell I don't want to go to. See Event which, Horizon. Yes, which also absolutely. has some kind of ruins inside the spaceship. It just makes no sense. <laughs> That's your Doom Planet Hell. Don't want to go there. You've got your corporate hell. It's in this. There's a couple of corporate hells in the movies, right? Doesn't Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey kind of have a little bit of a corporate hell thing going on? Absolutely. I yeah. believe so, yes. It's kind of a thing of the 90s. Is like It's kind of funny, corporate culture and the devil. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you do. Ca- you get it? <laughs> well, it's funny because it becomes more of a heaven thing, uh, like in the late 90s into 2000s, because... Uh, a life less ordinary. That's how heaven is in that movie. Oh, you're right, and, uh, it's, and it is in R.I.P.D. too. It's R.I.P.D. <laughs> it's totally like the police station office thing. Uh, I was about to say, even in Tooth Fairy Two, the afterlife is very office oriented. The after tooth life, to be fair. <laughs> hey, you're right. <laughs> uh, so he's watching TV, and <laughs> watching TV. Better get some chicken. 
Hey, cool, I like chicken. I was about to chastise you for really wedging in that impression, but it's totally fine. Hey, you started it, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't do hey, cool. I purposely didn't say hey, cool. Well, excuse me. No, I'm saying I'm saying you're right. I I chose poorly. We haven't said it in a while, and it was a very welcoming noise in my ear. One of the things about this new TV, and it's a super 90s thing. By the way, this episode's subtitle is, hey, remember the 90s? Oh, we'll, yeah, get a, yeah. we'll get a green screen dra- backdrop. We'll bring in Hal <laughs> Sparks. We'll just talk about all of it. VH1 is sponsoring this whole episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we'll run it in 10-hour blocks. Yes. but <laughs> Oh, the- hey, Mo Rocca, come sit down. <laughs> Mo? The, Sorry. The remote control, we... Oh, we yeah. couldn't get bigger and better enough with our remote controls. Oh, if yeah. you had a remote control that was the size and girth <laughs> of a baseball bat, you were the king of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The idea of the universal remote, it, it was just the, the biggest fucking thing ever. We could not get enough of it. And, you know, now we're, we're that's fading because you've got shit like Connect and... The PS3 version of Connect, where it's all just motion sensor, and you're we're talking to our smart TVs, yeah. so that's going out of out the window. But you're right, the '90s man, holy fuck, we loved our remotes bigger and better. And handcuffed to that idea, like Fled style, <laughs> is the fucking recliners in this movie. Oh yeah, because fucking John Ritter is on this recliner that must have nothing, no less than twenty shit stains on it. <laughs> and then that's and- a lot of shit for a chair. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, there's a lot of nights he can't sleep because, you know, she's, you know, not having it. And he has to go down there and he's just like, fuck it, just like plops down and just... eh. Well, I would argue that he can't sleep because she wants to fuck him and he just wants to sit in bed talking about the most recent episode of Frasier. (laughs) I think she doesn't give a shit. I think it's like the most... No, it's more than likely the... Last rerun of Lonesome Dove. He has to talk about it again. <laughs> or fucking, you know, leave it to Beaver or TV Land or whatever that shit. Because that's what this movie all... It's all like 70s nostalgia crap. Is yeah. this entire yeah. film crammed into the 90s a la the Brady Bunch movie and whatever the fuck else you want to talk about in the 90s. Well, I guess it's it's kind of genius casting on their part yeah. then to put John Ritter in this movie. And, you know, we'll... We'll get to that part a little later. Subsequently, also the woman from Mork and Mindy. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so, all right. So he goes, the signal goes out. He goes out to the backyard just to see if he can fiddle with the satellite dish and whatnot. She comes out and she's like, this is it. I'm going. You're never going to get this again. And then the thing starts kicking into gear because she starts beating it with a shovel, which is great. She's like, oh, yeah, you like your fucking TV? You like your fucking satellite dish? And she just starts bashing this thing. She's like Sharon Stone in Casino. She's a hurricane, man. She is just not going out without a fight. Like, you will pay attention to her. And so this thing, like, kind of malfunctions. And it it sucks the two of them into the TV, into yeah. the TV airwaves the devil's playground whatever you want to call it and now the rest of this movie is it's three things we're watching john ritter and this woman go through the channels and go through their little parodies which become less and less parody-ish as they go along Mm -hmm. then we're cutting back to the kids trying to find mom and dad and we're getting the worst blackout jokes you can find (laughs) and we have jeffrey jones in his strange love room 
doing corporate hell with Eugene Levy and other uh, people. Eric King from Dexter. Yes. In a, in a really bad fucking kind of Flavor Flav kind of haircut. Yeah. Who is he on Dexter? He's uh, he's in the first couple seasons. Uh, he's uh, Dokes. I don't know. That character <clears throat> in this movie is interesting to me because he's... Again, and this doesn't make any sense because we're all working for the devil, but this guy is a recent... Uh, a, a USC film school graduate who's interning <laughs> at a a television station owned and operated by the devil, in located hell. in hell. hell. And he he got this internship. I mean, what a get, kid! <laughs> but it, it, again, and Steve, you and I were kind of talking about this before. This is one of those movies where it's like, oh, watching TV so stupid, and then it's just the dumbest fucking movie of all time compiled. Along with that is this idea of this kid is like this film school graduate, and he's like, oh, well, actually, I, my last job was arranging an Akira Kurosawa retrospective, and Jeffrey <laughs> Jones is like, we have no time for art film discussion here. We are just killing people. Do you get it? <laughs> We're just killing people. To which I say, get to the fucking killing. Like, why all the setup and all of the, the gig gags and whatever else? There's... Why the puns? There's one and a half kind of deaths in this movie. Yep. That's all you get. Like, fine. You want to make a movie that's like, this is Satan's fucking television network? That's okay. I'm okay with that. It's stupid, but I'll go with you as long as Satan is waving his devilish red finger all over that movie. Mm. No, doesn't happen. It, this is a very tame. I think this movie's PG too. It is. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's that. It's that. Uh, it's that leftover like eighties PG that yeah. you know we, we it technically probably should have been PG thirteen, but you know the early nineties we were still kind of letting that shit slide a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, like I think it's the same thing with Hook. Like Hook's like ninety one. I think that's PG, but today that would definitely be a PG thirteen well, movie. The famous one isn't like Jaws, like G or some shit. Like well, yeah, that. that's the that, 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 that there's the seventies. You could fuck somebody <laughs> for a G. Like so long <laughs> as nobody like as long as it was consensual, it's a G. As long yeah. as you showered beforehand, <laughs> we'll show you on screen. So. Their first thing is like a wrestling match. No, the first thing is like that's uh, not the first one. The first one's like a, a game, like a sh oh yes, like it's a, a game, game show, show thing where, where they might like, be dipped in acid or some. Who cares? It's all bad Saturday Night Live sketches with ma like mad libbed with devil things. Like it, 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 that's all it is. And that's interesting, Steve, that you brought up SNL because this game show that they go on, the announcer is fucking Don Pardo. Yep. And like all of a sudden it's like, and now John Ritter, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing here, Don Pardo? Don't you have some place to be, like fucking New York City? Ladies and gentlemen, lock up your children. It's Jeffrey Jones, <laughs> musical guest, Satan. <laughs> Oh, man, I love Don Pardo impressions. <laughs> that is a fun game to play. <laughs> But, I mean, it's, it is. it is. It's this game thing where, like, you get a chance. Like, man, hell has, like, the biggest fucking handicap there is. Death! They just... So many people die. If In this world, he's just looking for new ways to, like, get them. But, like, not even in the real world. Just, like, he has this TV... Like, I don't get it. I really just don't get why this would happen. The logistics of it are when you sign your contract with with Jeffrey Jones, 
you go into the hell dimension and you're on stay tuned <laughs> you, you go to the film stay tuned and you have exactly 24 hours to outlast the devil's machinations from channel to channel and if you do so you get sent back to earth if not you die and you go to i guess there's a real hell somewhere yeah there's uh, yeah, a lower if you, level if you die in the game you, you die, die for, for real yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly <laughs> i think that's exactly what we're dealing with here <laughs> Because, yeah, they're in some sort of weird, uh, like, purgatorial kind of location where this television station is. Whatever. Uh, so, yeah, we just we bounce around for all these yeah. different things. Let's talk about these two shit-eating kids for a second. Oh, good God. So we got the young boy. He's a nerdlinger. He's he's the, your Nick Zelinsky type from... Uh, nice reference. From Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. Yep. Because he's just a nerd, and he's got he's an a, a genius inventor. Kid inventors went 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 south, didn't they? We, we haven't seen a good kid inventor in a while. Yeah, we haven't had that, and I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't need you could bury that. I trope. mean, like yeah, top <laughs> secrets like the high mark. I'm good with that. Yeah, that's that's the mountain. Yeah, I don't need it because it always made me feel terrible about myself because I was like, <laughs> oh, you're a genius kid inventor, and I'm sitting here watching a terrible movie. <laughs> I'm just a fat kid in shorts eating Doritos. <laughs> It was hotter in the 90s. You wore shorts all the time. We wore shorts all the time. And this movie was on HBO all the time. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen this movie since, like, the late 90s, but I have seen this movie a fucking lot. Drinking a lot of Country Time Lemonade. (laughs) A whole fucking lot. You know, buddy, just powder and water, and you're fucking (laughs) sitting pretty, cooling off in those hot 90s summers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh. Let that shit roll down your necks. <laughs> <laughs> your various necks as you stay tuned for stay tuned. Hey mom, stay tuned is on again. It feels great to play the same five things. I've seen this oh, movie. Oh good, I won't have to talk to you for another 91 minutes. I've seen this movie some like uh, w- well over like twenty five times. I'd say, <laughs> yeah. wow, yeah, that's more than me. But uh, good for you. I had it on tape, and that shit got worn out. <laughs> now, Steve, you're you and I are kind of the uh, like the wrestling experts on sure. the show a little oh, bit yeah. here. Are these wrestlers in this wrestling scene anybody? Because I didn't recognize. No, them. I wish they were. I- I there's thought that tough... announcer was Brutus the Barber Beefcake. For oh, no, I'm sorry. The only person who's in the movie is uh, the the announcer is Captain Lou Albano. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he, with, oh, yeah. Replete with a uh, super boss beard with the rubber band that k- keeps it separated, which yeah. is what you want. <laughs> that is what you want. All right, Pete Captain rest- Lou Albano. Yeah, the actual wrestlers aren't anybody. The guy kind of looks like Earthquake. And yeah. The woman yeah. kind of looks like Luna Vachon. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> I was talking about this the other day. I have I have not followed wrestling in fifteen years, but the the center of my brain, like all of the alcohol that's deadened other things that are really important, uh-huh. like the the wrestling information is that is like standing on a bookshelf. Do you know what I mean? Like everything else is getting wet and soppy, but all that wrestling information is just sitting on that bookshelf. I- <laughs> I like to think of it more as a jawbreaker, and like the alcohol's just worn it down into this l- tiny little nugget of hard shit that won't <laughs> melt away, and that's your wrestling knowledge right yeah, there. Yeah, you could leave that little bit of that candy ball inside a fucking ice-cold cup of Dr. Pepper for a week, and it's not eroding any further. 
Yeah, that's wrestling knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's just what happens. That's and your I'll, brain on alcohol. Like, I'll know that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon were actually married. It's just a thing you know. You, yep. just, you just do. You're not going to forget that shit. Mr. Paul Levesque himself. Hey, uh, speaking of used to be married to people, the daughter in this movie used to be married to James Vanderbeek. Really? Yep. That's something. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 so the son is, we're kind of going a little bit, <laughs> well, the son is. Well, that's fine. See, we're just channel surfing yeah. through this episode. <laughs> Hashtag suicide. The son's your Nick Zielinski type. This girl's fucking Blossom. This girl, she's wearing yeah. Blossom hats. She's ethnic looking. You know, like we are going for Blossom's Blossom here. But I never thought I'd say this. This chick makes Mayim Bialik look like fucking Shirley MacLaine. <laughs> Like, this woman, at least in this movie, I know she's done some other things more recently, including giving Brad Renfro a bad blowjob in a movie. <laughs> Not, I mean, maybe in real life, but in apt pupil. She was also on, um, what was that program, ironically enough, with, uh, I think John Ritter's son was on it. The event. Was John Ritter's son on the event, or was he on the other one? I think he was on the event. Yeah. That's weird. Oh, she was on the event. She was an event. <clears throat> she was part of the event. Her and eight other people. I want to go into this bla- bad blowjob for a second, if we can. Yeah, it's let's, sure. It's one of cinema's greatest bad blowjobs, because it's at pupil. Brad Renfro might be a Nazi. Ian McKellen's teaching him all the wrong things. And, you know, he's having a 90s party with this girl. And, you know, we're, we're in a car, and it's just that thing where she keeps going up, like, anything happening? Anything happening? <laughs> Back to it. No, not nothing, huh? Oh, nothing oh. yet. <laughs> yet. Is there a switch somewhere? Do you need something done with your ass? What check, we... check, 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 <laughs> check, check, check. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe think about genocide. <laughs> hey, hello. Are you, what's what's your deal? Still thinking about hating Jews, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that's an awkward scene in that movie. It is can a very you, awkward. Can you hear me in the back, or are there too many dead Jews back there? <laughs> but so, my point was, in this movie, she's horrible. Yeah. She's a oh, yeah. horrible actor in this movie. Yeah, she's bad, <clears throat> and she just couldn't look any less like John Ritter or his wife. Like, yeah, the son is casting. at least like... Really, just he's so generic looking, he could be anybody's fucking white kid. Well, because that's the other thing, right? Like, she's a teenager and whatnot. Yeah. He's still just like a little dweeb, and he's got big old glasses on, so you can kind of cover up how a kid looks. Yeah. Like yeah. that young and big old glasses on him. But she's like supposed to be like 13 or 14 or 15 or something like that. She looks like neither of these people. It's yeah. really heinous. Uh, and she's just the, she's supposed to be like your well, your she, your teenage like older sister, and it's the fucking worst it's, shit ever. It's the worst kind because it's the one that thinks that uh, you're hit, that y- her siblings are even hitting on her. Mm, mm-hmm, she's yeah. one of them. And yeah, that's it, it the is, worst type. It's the it's your your uh, your classic archetype: older sister, younger brother, dweeb. Get out of my room! Stop sniffing my underwear for some reason. Well, you know this girl might have a case against this kid though, because like the the the. Opening minutes of this oh, movie. Oh, I love this. <laughs> is this kid is say, he's saying how he's such a genius with electronics? Is explaining that his father is constantly watching television. All this shit. He hacks the TV signal in the neighborhood or maybe the state. I don't know. And he's got a camera on himself. And he's like, "Hey, everybody, 
if you want to see a tape of my older sister making out with her boyfriend, total tonsil hockey, send $3 in an envelope to this address and I'll send you the tape. And she's like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it's totally worth it. I've been watching this tape for weeks. It's really good. Hi, yes. Uh, I'd like to order a tape, please. Uh, name? Jones? Uh, first name? Beffrey. <laughs> Beffrey Jones. <laughs> I would like to purchase your teen sex tape. If you'd like a tape of my sister trying to, trying in vain to get Brad Renfro going, <laughs> dial one nine hundred apt pupil. Man, one nine hundred apt pupil. That's a shitty phone line to be on. <laughs> that's also run by Beffrey, whatever the fuck, <laughs> Beffrey Jones, Beffrey Jones, <laughs> Beffrey Bones. <laughs> that's his porno name. <laughs> <laughs> on the whole line it's do- <laughs> all it's playing is don't you want me baby <laughs> This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place and with rocket money you could lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week you know you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks but if you were monitoring your spending with rocket money you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner so find out what all the fuss is about you know over 80 percent of people have subscriptions they forgot about like the stars app don't get me started You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. 
Oh man, so they're just stuck in this TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean the first they they realize they're stuck in the TV. We should also get to Eugene Levy, uh. who oddly enough was in career purgatory at this point. It was like <laughs> yep. it was after the eighties, but Christopher Guest was a long way away. Christopher Guest and American the, Pie wasn't yeah like the White Brothers with yeah. uh, the first American Pie in ninety nine. Man, they it was a ways off still. That is a long eight years ahead of you, Eugene. He wasn't making movies with John Candy. Anymore, Candy only had a couple years left on this earth. God damn it! Uh, so this is the yeah, this is Eugene Levy out on his own in the wilderness. Like SCTV people were like giving, throwing him bones by giving him like cameos and stuff, like Father of the Bride. You know what I mean? He shows up in that movie. He would just because he's a funny actor, and I mean, he's obviously, fucking hilarious. Yeah. He's a guy, and I was thinking about this movie because it's very similar to this movie, UHF. Michael Richards will elevate anything he's in. He'll make you laugh. In UHF, which is not a very good movie, no, you will yeah. laugh your ass off to Michael Richards. Eugene Levy just kind of is a chameleon because he takes the shitty shape of whatever he's in. Yeah, yeah, and he does that with this movie. He's like Jeffrey Jones, number two for fashion until he mouths off. And then Jeffrey Jones banishes him into the television system. So uh, John Ritter and his wife run across him in this one TV show that's like the wilderness. It's uh, Northern Exposure. Northern, what did they call it? Overexposure. Northern Overexposure. So they meet on the, on the, I guess, the set of a parody known as Northern Overexposure, uh, which is, of course, Northern Exposure, which was a show about a big city doctor who moves north to wherever, Alaska or Canada or wherever it is. And to like be a doctor. every four episodes, there was a moose joke. <laughs> that fucking show ran on goddamn moose jokes. It really did. It, it ran for a long time, too. It went forever. That show was, you know, and, it, there have been worse television shows, man. I've watched a little bit of Northern Exposure here and there. But so this is it's Northern Overexposure. Like all the all the TV shows in this universe have like the devil twang to it. Yeah. So this is about a doctor who moves from New York to the the mountains and uh is attacked by a pack of rabid wolves or whatever the fuck. So they're like running from these wolves. Great wolf acting in this movie, by yeah. the way. It's some menacing good wolf yeah. good, good wolves going on. And finally, a dream of mine. Man, the magic of movies. You get to see Eugene Levy torn apart by <laughs> rabid animals. Like the the wolves come and they're like trying to hide in the shanty or whatever. And they like the the couple gets in and Eugene Levy's like, Well, I'm already dead. Save her. And these fucking wolves just go at him and tear off a leg and an arm, which is fantastic. And yeah, he's assumed dead, and that's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. I mean, even though, yeah, we sort of know him to be this, uh, I guess, already dead Satan's little helper or whatever. But, uh, yeah, you know, I would have been fine with him just never coming back to this movie. Well, because that's what I don't understand is, like, what the hell is supposed to happen to you? You're already, you're in hell. Where are you supposed, yeah. what's, you, you get ripped apart and? Then you, isn't that... Well, he continues Part and parcel to exist. of the experience of hell. Right, but that's the thing. He continues to exist, and he's still Eugene Levy, and he's talking to everybody, but he's missing an arm and a leg and has to, like, hop around and shit. So while I guess that's his, you know, torture. While Mindy and John Ritter slide to the next channel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we kind of get, like, a sliders vibe from this. Like, we're going from channel to channel because they find uh, conduits... They call them conduits. It's just the fucking snow on your TV when there's no connection. You jump through that. You go to the next channel. Unless you have a remote control with you, the almighty remote control that you can zap yourself from channel to channel. But if you're just some some remoteless loser, you got to jump through these conduits. 
Side note, you think Hellraiser's watching this this network, or what's going on? What's, what are the Cenobites up to in this universe? I feel like the Cenobites would probably tune in for some of the late night programming. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like the stuff that gets a little more hardcore. Like, I feel like ooh, Skinamax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like Pinhead and his buddies do not really have time for northern overexposure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I am actually more of a fan of serialized television. <laughs> Sitcoms just do not do it for me. <laughs> I enjoy PBS biographies <laughs> from hell of people like Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> Downton Abbey is beautifully directed. <laughs> no, it would have to be like, I don't even know. What would come on? Like, we gotta bre- do like Breaking Beheaded? <laughs> Breaking Beheaded for sure. Um, maddening, mad, maddening, madman. What's Downton Abbey? Come on, everybody, we gotta get it. <laughs> Helton Abbey. <laughs> I mean, that would work for this movie. Screamton <laughs> Abbey. Yeah, they don't have to be genius. You know what I mean? Brimstone Abbey. Any of those will work. Well, how how would you work on something like Hell on Wheels? <laughs> they really fucking did it to you right there. <laughs> they just carry over the exact same product. <laughs> They just, you know, use fish hooks and open up your eyelids and make you watch all of that show. You know, the strain of your job must be tremendous. You ever think about taking a vacation? Just kicking back, letting someone else take the burden off your shoulders for a while. Someone else? You? (laughs) I'm flattered that you'd even think I could fill your shoes. But I'm ready to try. Sir, he is like this super like I like idealistic like ambitious slash shitty intern who's like going after Jeffrey Jones' job and whatnot. And I'm like, isn't this movie about a couple surfing through TV channels? Why do I need like the newsroom esque fucking dialogue scenes <laughs> with this intern and the station manager played by Sam Waterston or whatever? <laughs> God damn the newsroom! You could just fucking. Pile it somewhere and keep it. Like, I haven't seen a second of it. Put it up there with your old board games. When you know you have to like slide something into your closet. God, we got so much shit in this you closet. Gotta, uh, yeah, move the towel with the gun inside it, and that's where you put the newsroom. Right under uh, your DVDs of John from Cincinnati. John from Hellenatty. Oh, the ghouls' room, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Hey, what would they do for Deadwood? It's, again, that's another thing. <laughs> Perfect. Dead good. Dead good would work. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Scream on. <laughs> hey, so this is stupid. If you go to the IMDb trivia for this movie, it says that this movie was inspired by an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> And doesn't elaborate any further. <laughs> just, just FYI, I don't, I don't know. And I know that that show, like that show, I, the reason I love that show is because it's like tonight we're talking about two things: a murdered woman in a suburban home and aliens that are also <laughs> werewolves. Like that show really had like an unbalanced fucking scale when it came to topics. So I. That's why I have no idea what it could mean. Like, tonight, we're talking about a suburban couple on the verge of divorce who got sucked into the Devil's Television Network. 
I kind of imagine it's just a story about some kid who thought he saw people that looked like his parents die on television. <laughs> when in reality, they had just abandoned little Billy. I just, who, who fucking adds that to IMDb and doesn't elaborate? Also, T- where are you getting that information from? Tonight, we watch a Hollywood actor take pictures of little boys <laughs> and get, get a visit from Dracula. <laughs> Stay with us. Riveting stuff. <laughs> I just, it, it, it is such a random thing to put out on the internet. I, I want to know more. And I don't, you know, if anyone knows the, the key to unlock this mystery, this unsolved mystery. Maybe you should click it interesting on the IMDb. Maybe that's what sends you to a whole nother world. Nah, that's a, that's a hell world. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so what I think we should do, because Chris, you have the list handy. We've been talking about these parodies. Can we just go through, because folks at home, if you want to lose some brain cells, these parodies are pretty wretched. Go for I want to lose some wrestling knowledge brain cells, but it won't happen. <laughs> Chip away at this jawbreaker a little, Chris. All right, let's uh, start with, uh, obviously, uh, Reap's Company. <laughs> Not the Reaper's Company, Reap's, for Three's Company. Yeah. It's oh, called the Reap's, Reap's Company. company. That's... Yeah. That's the one part of this movie that I thought was pretty fantastic. He goes, John Ritter gets blasted onto the set of Three's Company. It's a pretty, like, accurate, you know, reimagining of the set. You know, two girls walk in, you know, but they're in the background, so you can't really see them and whatnot. And they they start playing the theme song, and it's a fucking great, and I, th- I think this was in the preview, too. Yo, John Ritter, like, yeah. turns to the camera and just does this hilarious John Ritter scream. Come and knock on a see some john ritter physical comedy in this movie a little bit but like the direct reference here he falls over his sofa like it's fucking hilarious it's a it was a legitimate laugh for me the the uh, three's company gag in the trailer i remember it was the um like after they say the title the last gag before they show the credits oh was it yeah uh, i remember that shit um okay right, what, what so else? after that is uh Dwayne's underworld <sighs> This is, I mean, the 1990s, the amount of Wings World parodies <laughs> is staggering. It's a staggering number because it's, and it's a weird thing when you're making a parody of a comedy because it's just, you're just cashing in on that comedy's jokes. Right. Like this movie does because they're just, we go to Dwayne's Underworld. And which is, which is a sketch inside a show called Saturday Night Dead. Hey, everybody. Do you fucking get it yet? <laughs> Folks at home, do you fucking get it yet? And by, if you want to hear about how cheap this fucking movie is, the place that they, the the, the quote unquote studio that they're in, it looks like they're there for like a tractor show. <laughs> it's like these fucking shitty ass like bench, like stadium seats, but it's not like what an actual studio looks like. Why not just have that kind of reality there? Maybe. Who cares? To be fair, the devil has 666 channels to fill and no advertising revenue, all right? There's just, (laughs) there needs to be cut somewhere. Satan, um, I just wanted to run some notes by you that we got from the start of uh, this season. A lot of people giving you criticism. Uh, the cast of Saturday Night Dead is not uh, diverse enough. Uh, you'd like to see some sort of monsters on there, maybe some of your, your hellscape beings, maybe a couple of black comedians as well, preferably black women, Satan. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, there, there is Saturday Night Dead. They're doing a fucking Wayne's World parody. Apparently... 
they approached Mike Myers and Dana Carvey to come on to do like the zombie versions of themselves. Uh, but great for those guys. They were actually making the first fucking Wayne's World movie. Uh, so they had to say thanks, but no thanks to a cameo appearance on Stay Tuned. Yeah, so you want me to eat my ear, huh? Okay, well, I'm going to say no to that. Uh, you know what? I'd really love to be in your movie, Peter Hyams. I really would. Uh, but we're actually busy across town making a soon-to-be classic comedy. Uh, and it would appear... Uh, from first glance, and I don't want to come off judgmental, but it looks like this movie will be forgotten by time almost instantly. We're making movies for all of America. It seems like you're making movies for fat kids who love great soda. I mean, <laughs> um, I don't know if that's that's not really a market for us. I, I, I mean, I know the Kool-Aid market is something you want to go for, and I mean, it's a big market. Don't get me wrong. It's a humongous market. <laughs> But I'm gonna go over there, and I'm you know I'm just gonna try to you actually put some effort in. You know how we do that, put effort in. Hey, another one of my favorite parodies. And by the way, it's not just television parodies. Oh no, no. the commercials get a couple of ribs in too with Silencer of the Lambs. Uh. Are you tired <laughs> of having your kids just yelling in the back seat? Well, there's new Silencer of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter mask you fucking put over your kid's face to shut them up. Hilarious! My my only almost legitimate laugh that actually gets um, they dub over it very clearly is beer for kids, and it's like oh, this, yeah. it's this kid drinking beer, and it's like you know it's got no alcohol in it, but it makes you into your real dad. And she's like, "How's it? the mother?" Is like, "Oh, how's it going?" And he's like, "Get me another one, bitch!" Yeah. But they cut out that, and it says, "Mom," like you know, no, it's, it's babe, it's babe, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah no, this kid is clearly calling his mother a bitch on this television. <laughs> and just kids swearing, I'm chuckling. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you get me a good kid swearing movie, you know. And I liked this movie enough, not this movie, but the movie I'm about to reference. But one of the best parts about this movie was kids swearing that eight millimeter or uh, what is it, Super Eight. The J.J. Abrams movie? Yeah. It just harkens back to that Spielbergian 1980s kids just saying shit and dumbass. Oh, that's a lost art, isn't it? It's done for. (laughs) It really is. It's done for. I'll actually, actually, uh, I thought the one laugh you would have would be uh, the dog with the silence of the mouth. Sons of Lambs. I thought that's where you were going. I'm a dog person. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also on the movie list is uh, Three Men and Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> oh, isn't Ew, that? what a bad joke. <laughs> oh, Ew. man. That's just bone-chillingly <laughs> terrible. Uh, the Golden Ghouls. <laughs> Facts of Life Support. Oh, my God. Uh, by the way, the, what, the best one of these runners... They have is unmarried with children, which mm-hmm. is just like what is it hell to be unmarried with children? Oh, that's that's uh, the the Catholics hour. I believe, oh, is, I, uh, yeah. on the channel. <laughs> and I thought you would be specifically offended by this one uh, when they have uh, Beverly Hills nine oh six six six. I actually thought this. I was like, Steve's gonna hate that. <laughs> I did hate it. I fucking hated it. You know what? It would have been the Andrew Jupin equivalent if they had Hell Rose Place. <laughs> Oh, see how dumb it is? <laughs> That's all this movie is. It's just Mad Libs. It really is. It takes, and it took Andrew three fractions of a second to make that joke. <laughs> and I didn't get paid anything. Someone got paid to write those. There was another, oh, 
different strokes and it's just a show about old men having strokes and dying <laughs> in different ways that was kind of like all right yeah kind yeah, of really uh, hitting the nail on the head with that one the weirdest one to me just well i mean like i know he's probably going to, if you know if there were a hell he would be going there but like david dukes of hazard yeah yeah i don't know uh, i don't know about that one and then I don't uh, need to think about David Duke in any capacity. Well, a lot of these, like we've actually probably gone through most of the ones that are actually in the movie themselves. We are bleeding into the ones that just happened over the credits, where it's just a screen cap. This is an amazing thing because what this is is they're rolling the credits, and over on the side, like the credits are scrolling up the right hand side of the frame. On the left hand side of the frame, it's like the Devil's Television Network fall lineup, and all it is is the rejected fucking joke titles that they didn't get to film parodies of. And it's just screenshots of the title cards. And they just go by one by one. And it's supposed to be like, you're putting your coat on in the theater. You're still just laughing your balls off. Because even the writers got bored with doing this shit. Because eventually it becomes not even parodies. It's just like kind of what you would expect a TV show to look like. Like the Western and the cartoon, which has no title, it's just fucking Tom and Jerry. The cartoon's right. the best part of the movie. It's the like cartoon pretty, is yeah, the yeah. most fantastic part of this movie. It's very, it's like a very Chuck Jonesy animation style. Chuck, Chuck Jones supervised. Oh, did the really? animation sequences? Oh, that yeah. makes perfect sense because like, the the gags are good. The like the, the style is perfect, and it's it fits that old Warner Brothers thing. It's it's a Warner Brothers movie. They're able to get those kind hit those kinds of beats. And it just doesn't last very long. And then after that, we go into a, a noir movie where it's just John Ritter doing noir jokes. Uh, yeah, it's just him as a shitty P.I. And the wife is like hanging out with this old fella who also we learn at the beginning of the movie is like a neighbor of theirs Morty. who got roped into the system with his wife. And his wife is killed off in like a Godzilla ripoff movie. Yeah. So this guy's like, this guy is kind of like... Uh, he's kind of like Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy because he's been in the system for so long now and he's kind of like built this life (laughs) inside this artificial thing. Like this dude is living at this like Copacabana type club. You know what I mean? Like it's his, you know, it's his Rick's joint kind of a thing. He's the main dog and whatnot. It's, it's kind of great because he infers that he was kind of like, that he was like in on it with Godzilla to bump his wife off. <laughs> yeah, he is totally happy with his wife getting stomped there. So there's a big shootout, you know, whatever. This dude gets killed. And the the important thing in this scene is this old fella gets killed. And he's like, you know, here, take my remote. You'll do better with it than I did or whatever. So now they have the ability to flip through channels and whatnot. And they get, this movie falls off a cliff. The longest parody of this movie isn't even a parody of anything at all. They just go to the French Revolution for no goddamn reason. Yeah. At least it's, make it like Les Mis and fucking sing or something. Like, what are we even doing here? We're, we're not parodying anything. Back home, Billy is, you know, is telling his sister, you know, like, you know, the, the mom and dad are in hell. You know, she's got three pornos going. Brad Renfro's got nothing going on. <laughs> so she's like, I guess I'll go downstairs. You know, you know what, Brad? You just finish it. I'm going to go downstairs and get my mom and dad out of hell. <laughs> what, what I find kind of interesting is like the... The mother leaves a note on the fridge for the kids when she's going to leave John Ritter. And it says, like, you know, had to go out for a while, you know, be back soon. Hope you kids understand. And they think that the parents have gone on vacation, Mm -hmm. right? So this girl 
having no real information about her parents' actual whereabouts is like, oh, weekend, you know, free of parents, time to invite all my friends over for a pajama party. Because it's like blossom, like again, like it's 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 a it's the blossom thing, you know what I mean? It's like my little brother's a dork, you know what I mean? Right. You know, everyone's against me. I'm a gonna have this pool pizza party. You actually just reminded me. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, one of the shows that John Ritter's watching is Doogie Howser. Oh, yeah. And it's that episode where he's telling his dad how, like, he's sick and tired of going on this hunting trip with him or whatever. And he's, like, saying some shit about, like, how he could have been somewhere on spring break with his girlfriend. But he's just, like, hunting with his dad. And poor James B. Seeking is just like, <laughs> I didn't know you felt that way, Douglas. It's <laughs> fucking heartbreaking. Uh, or the Hell Dimension version, Ghoulihauser. I was going to add ghoul to anything I can. Just that That's going to be my ticket to fame. Ghoulihauser R.I.P. Ah, <laughs> yes. Perfect. Write it. It'll star Ryan Reynolds. How about Slip by Slip? <laughs> that could also be a porno. Parody. Well, that too. I, yeah, I apologize <laughs> for that. But and Brad Renfro's just got nothing going, man. <laughs> Still just nothing. He's not even at half-mast yet. It's just a fucking... It is an empty tent. You know what? Uh, can I just go hang out with my old friend? This clearly <laughs> isn't working. So we're in the French Revolution, and the kid hacks the hell net, and, you know, he fucking, he's MacGyvering it, you know, he gets his sister's radio, and she's like, not my radio, and, you know, everything else, and he is able to speak through to the French Revolution, they're about to fucking finally cut John Ritter's fucking head off, and I'm like, yeah, 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 do it, do it, and this kid's like, Hey, uh, Dad, and like all the all the people in the town square are like, you know, oh, it's God, and they're like, the, the parents are like, yeah, it's God, right, God, and the kids like, what? I'm a, I'm a kid. And they're like, no, it's God, you know, and so like they have this thing where. Oh, and that's the other thing we forgot to mention. There's a timetable in place here. Yeah. This whole thing is it's a 24 hours thing. We talked about. It. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, the the time is is up essentially. And it's funny that you said that this movie goes off a cliff because Eugene Levy, they run into him again in this French Revolution show, and he clearly says to them, he's like, "Oh, hey, so you only have two hours left. All you have to do." Is lay, he tells them to lay low and do nothing. He's like, you know what? Stop having your adventure for two hours. <laughs> when the time's up, the movie will be over with. So just sit in this corner and don't do anything. That's kind of like Gigi Lemon. was like, look, it's great. You know, you got craft services. Just sit here, do nothing. They'll pay you anyway. <laughs> don't worry about it. What are you trying so hard for, kid? So the time runs out, and then Jeffrey Jones pulls a little bit of a shit-eating move because uh, this woman comes in, and she's like, the contract that John Ritter signed was just for one person. You, you, you know, this woman's got no obligation here or whatever. Only let John Ritter out of the hellscape. It's like this lady's still stuck in there. It's such, this is such a useless thing and I hate when movies do it. It's like, I'm going to leave someplace for two seconds yep. and then immediately just go right back because that's all that happens here. He gets out and he's free and the kid's like, Where's mom? Oh, she's still stuck inside? Back in I go. I'm like, what the fuck did you leave for? We're just killing time. We're running time off the clock. And we're getting ready for the only time this has ever happened. It's the best thing that this movie contributes to cinema history, which is Deus Ex Salted Pepper. Which is (laughs) Salted Pepper 
the nineties rap band decide the fate of this film. They do. Yep. They do they hold it in their hands and they because there's there's a big stupid, you know, uh it's the early nineties. We're kinda living off Back to the Future Three, so we're doing a Clint Eastwood parody of a, a Western movie. Right. And, and make that, a three ten to fucking Yuma joke. Why not? And then we go to Star Trek Next Generation. Kind of okay with this part as well. It's They're pretty good costumes. But what gets kind of stupid about this is he starts seeing Jeffrey Jones at every turn. Yeah. So like he's on the bridge of the Enterprise. And he, you know, John Ritter's dressed up like Patrick Stewart. And he looks around and like the Worf surrogate and the Data surrogate and the Riker surrogate. They're- and the Q surrogate. There's a Q surrogate? Yeah, he's the one that's attacking. He's got all that shit on his head. It's all... It's all Jeffrey Jones, yeah. just yeah. in different. I'm like, what the? What are you doing? Like, you have not introduced. Like, I get it. He's a supernatural entity, yeah. but you've not once introduced that he can be multiple people. And just for whatever reason, we get to Star Trek, and he's just every character on the uh, bridge. Uh, 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 Scare Trek? <laughs> Is it Scare Trek? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Scare Trek: The Dead Generation. <laughs> And so we finally get to this salt and pepper music video. And I mean, we paid for salt and pepper. You're going to fucking sit down and watch a whole performance. The whole goddamn song. With Inc- musical guests, salt and pepper on the turntables. Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> there is Jeffrey Jones in a fucking windbreaker suit with a fancy haircut. Just fucking scratching. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Jones is dressed like that, and John Ritter is dressed in, like, this kind of, like, I don't even know. Like, yellow... uh, Like, fly girl outfit, I guess? It's a Queen Latifah costume. Oh, I see. Is what I thought it was. I'm pretty sure that's in a... In one of the Queen Latifah music videos, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a yellow jumpsuit of some kind. I might be wrong, but memory kind of serves correctly on Also, what are Salt and Pepper doing in hell? I mean, like... (laughs) Let's talk about sex just came out. They're they're the hottest thing in the world. Did they die in a bus? I mean, they did. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a Richie Valens kind of a thing? Are salt and pepper all over the road and they got sent to hell? No, I think you're thinking of Lisa Left Eye Lopez. (laughs) Oh, it's true. She wasn't dead yet. But uh, I, yeah, I don't understand why this is the only instance of real people yep. in yep. this hell network. Like, what is that supposed? Like, is this movie saying that the only reason Salt and Pepper were were famous was not because of their rap talent, but because they made they made some sort of developmental deal with the devil? Well, no, it's just because they're fucking lazy. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> Wait, the filmmakers? The or Salt film- and Pepper? Well, the filmmakers because Salt and Pepper worked their ass off. I in believe the 90s. they're in Mensa. But the thing is, are they? No. Uh, Like in the fucking uh, in the noir and in the um, the noir, the Western and in Salt Pepper, there's no like fucking, I don't know, dragons or like zombies or vampires. It's just kind of straight laced. Oh, yeah. Why did we go through all of the macabre shit just to like all of a sudden take this left turn into Normal television land? Well, that's yeah. like, it, 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 the movie falls off. A, it can't even fulfill its puns. You know what I mean? Like the only time they do that is the the quick blackout jokes, and we we're exploring what this world might be—a hell network. But the rest of it's just like I don't know. It's it's like TV, but like you can get killed in it, which is not the the reality you set up. And also, I'm sorry, but this is a hell television 
broadcasting system, whatever. Uh, and you're going to go to a, a music video, and it's not some crazy like metal band or something. Yeah, or it's thriller. Yeah, it's fucking Salt and Peppa just rapping. Like what? What are you doing? There's so many other like closer to the devil. Like, hey, speaking of Wayne's World. Why not an Alice Cooper music video? Yep. There you go. I just fucking saved the end of your dumb movie. <laughs> also, this magical remote that Jeffrey Jones and John Ritter are trying to acquire to like get out of, you know, or whatever. The dancers in this video all have, they have the remote and they're like dancing and passing it off and all this shit. And I'm like, I'm supposed to believe <laughs> that this is a music video that you've just popped into. Yep. But nowhere in this universe does it ever establish that any of the actors on the shows or anything are aware that it's They're anything hell. other than a television yep. network. So this is this is just a music video. These are dancers in a music video. How do these guys know what this remote is? They're passing it around, you know, and it finally gets to Salt and Pepper, and they have to choose between John Ritter and Jeffrey Jones and Deus ex Salt and Pepper. They hand it to <laughs> to John Ritter to save the movie. Oh, also, by the way, because the wife is back in the Western, uh, snidely whiplash style, tied to the fucking train tracks, yeah. and there's a bunch of dynamite around her, and the train's coming in. Yeah, it's just who cares, and he saves well, her. Because this does bring up a thing with me with this movie, is that the wife has really nothing to do with this movie. She doesn't no. have a trajectory at all. She's great when she ha when she gets pulled into this fucking hellscape. Yeah. She is kind of fine. The person who needs to fix their life, the script is centered on John Ritter who needs to fix his life cuz he's fucking up left and right. Well, you know, not for nothing, but actress Pam Dauber was used to that, man. She did 90 some odd episodes cast alongside Robin Williams. I suppose that's if you, true. If you if you ever had to learn how to play second fiddle on a television show or smoke a cigarette in the back while someone just riffs and riffs and riffs. <laughs> yep. Pam Dauber was used to what's going on in this movie. But that's such a better movie to like have like okay, a Mork and Mindy uh, movie. Well, that, oh, don't <laughs> even fucking tease me. Oh, I'd love it. I would love that so much. No, like the idea of like he has to go into these TV, these shows to learn something. Right. Like he has to go into Doogie Howser and he has to actually operate on somebody like fucking you know DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can. Right. Like he's actually got to do something like that and he learns some kind of skill or some kind of. Emotion through that shit. Nobody's learning nothing, Chris. <laughs> We're losing it all because nothing... Like, he gains no experience from this movie. At the end, he winds up not wanting to watch so much television anymore for no good reason. We're but it, he doesn't gain anything. He doesn't... You're right. He doesn't, he doesn't save his wife. His wife doesn't even... They don't even reconcile, really. But here's the thing, though. The whole mission of this movie is... To get people to watch less TV, right? Yeah. That's the overarching thing is America on the whole watches too much TV. And it doesn't even have to be good TV. We can show you these dumbass, you know, devil related sitcoms or, you know, dumb game shows and you'll just watch it because you're a bunch of airheaded Americans. And, you know, you need to get out and watch smart films at the cinema, like fucking stay tuned. So the fact that he learns to watch less television, this movie deems itself a success because it did the only thing it actually, it doesn't give a fuck that she's about to walk out on him because he won't 
fucker. You know, it's 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 not that he's watching t- too much TV and won't fucker. It's just that he's watching too much TV. And you know, yeah, that makes him a bad husband, a bad father, bad at his job, all this shit. But it doesn't matter as long as he stops watching so much filthy TV. Yeah. Stay tuned is a success. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't account to anything else. The fact that he's like. He's willfully neglecting his children and his wife. Yeah. Like, he really gets off on it. Like, it's not like, oh, my God, I'm an, a TV addict. That thing don't exist. Well, I got my other kids, Doogie and Blossom. <laughs> I got to take care of my TV family. <laughs> Kelly and Bud, they're not going to take care of themselves. <laughs> I'd love that. That's a great movie, by the way. He starts getting so delirious that the lines between television and reality blur. You don't need any of this devil hellscape nonsense. Honey, how do you expect me to get it up for you when I've got Peg Bundy on the horn all the time (laughs) just asking for it? All right. Here's a question. Round the horn. What do we think about Pleasantville? Because fuck that movie and fuck it, it right in the face. And fuck the fact that we're painting things. And when you when you come, you, your hair turns red. Or whatever the fuck happens in that movie. Uh, I like that movie. I know. I'm alone. I'm, <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't like it. It's, I mean, it's not like I'm not fuck that movie and fuck Jeff Daniels and fuck painting things. But, <laughs> but I'm not crazy about it. You know, you you know what you could do? You could prop up Pleasantville in your closet to hold up the newsroom. Just jam it in like a soccer ball holding up a board game. Like that's that's what it's doing. Leftovers of your weed stash to the right. <laughs> Some snow boots. Your old Uggs. <laughs> and the new Ironside remake just tucked oh, yeah. away. <laughs> Oh, that already got canceled. Of course it did. More like hell side. I don't know. <laughs> so the other thing that this movie does give us, and it's kind of a blessing, is a fight scene between John Ritter and Jeffrey Jones. Because they go into like a uh, Errol Flynn, Three Musketeers. Yet again, we're nowhere near a television show. No. no. And uh, they kind of like sword fight each other and whatnot. And they they have a little bit of like wrestling around on the floor. And I just imagine like Jeffrey Jones being like, oh, John, oh, John, you're tickling me. John, you're tickling me. John, stop tickling me. Is someone going to call Cotter one? <laughs> Oh, poor, you know, fucking Jeffrey Jones is a great actor, and I will say it right now. <laughs> Every uh, time we make fun of him on this show, we always go back to it's frustrating because he's, he's a great actor. Yeah. I watched, I rewatched Beetlejuice for my little Halloween athon, and he's so good in it. He's yep. just so good in that movie. He he's fantastic in that. Speaking of Halloween movies, uh, Ravenous, yeah, that yeah. is some fan fucking tastic Jeffrey Jones in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's around the time of the Troubles. <laughs> That was around the time yeah, of the Troubles. I think you're troubles. right. <laughs> David Milch was kind of all right with the Troubles because he got hired post-Troubles on Deadwood. Yeah, you're right. David yeah. Milch is just like, fuck it. Read my monologue. You know you know what everybody forgets? <laughs> Jeffrey Jones is in The Hunt for Red October, and he's got a beard, and it looks really weird. Is he, is he one of the many people not doing Russian accents in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> just thumbing their nose at the Russian people? He's one of those guys who's just explaining what a submarine is. <laughs> So we're left with John Ritter saves his wife. Uh, he hits the off button in the direction of the train, and the train blows up because fuck it. Uh, and then they escape out the satellite dish, leaving Jeffrey Jones uh, hanging from a chandelier with their neighbor's dog 
who subsequently gets sucked into the satellite, barking at him. That, it, it's hilarious. It's it, it, the movies do this a lot because it's really you don't re, you don't hire vicious dogs in movies. This is the most sweet-natured Rottweiler. Every time, <laughs> like, they have, like, really, <laughs> and, like, the face is this dopey dog smiling. It's really amazing. He's <laughs> just like, I love you. And it's, it's so funny. <laughs> and there's just, like, this little bit of revenge where, like, Eugene Levy is hiding in, like, a knight's, like, iron suit or whatever. And he, like, hops over and uses a sword to cut the rope that's holding the chandelier. And I guess Jeffrey Jones... You know, falls to his death, Slash gets eaten by this dog. But he's in hell fucking anyway. It doesn't make any sense. He's in his place of employment. (laughs) And for some reason, the intern becomes the head of the hell network, even though the entire movie, this poor guy's got two lines, this Johnny Fever-looking motherfucker is standing next to this intern taking notes. It's like, come on, dude. (laughs) Fucking own it. Scrote up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, and th- this dude, by the way, who was like so condescending about the whole system in the first place, because yeah. he's he was busy programming Kurosawa retros, <laughs> is like smoking a cigar, and he's got like the Jeffrey oh. Jones like flashy remote that pops out of your shirt that's, sleeve. That's just a thing. Everybody will sell out. Everybody will <laughs> oh, sell for a wow. dollar. That's what's going to be corporate like, world. You're yeah, right. You're you, right. You'll take your passion. You away. can be the biggest fan of you know international art cinema, but you will fall to the fucking delicious, delicious, sexy temptation of TV. No more of the bad will sleep well for you. <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing is John Ritter finally learns his lesson and opens up a fencing studio. <laughs> like, you just, uh, that's what you do. That, that's what being a couch potato is holding back was this fencing studio. <laughs> What's amazing? I is, can't even this fucking is, say it. This is so, so stupid. But at the beginning of the movie, when Jeffrey Jones comes in, the first time, like, into the living room and he's looking at the broken TV, John Ritter has, like, two swords, like, fencing swords above the, the fireplace. And Jeffrey Jones is like, oh, did you used to fence or do you fence? And John Ritter's like, oh, I used to. Not anymore or whatever. Hey, why is there all this dried chocolate pudding in here? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, well, that's a uh, ridiculous thing to have a character say. I wonder if fencing's going to come back at any point. And, of course, they they fence each other. And then he just... And that's fine. That's where it should end, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like you, the sun throws one of the 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 swords, yeah, through you know, the, through, to the, to through the, the satellite, and it goes in. John Ritter gets the sword, and he gets the sword fight. Jeffrey Jones. That's where that shit ends. You don't take that to. I'm also going to open a fencing studio. It's a failed business. It's immediately a failed business, and it's actually kind of the thing that what really happens, which is nice, is. I think this wife is just like, I know you hate your job. You literally do not have to work. Like that, yeah. <laughs> I make enough money. Just deal with it and not work and follow your dream. I'll sink 70 grand into a bad fencing studio. Fine. <laughs> if it makes you happy, I make real money. And if you're feeling generous, honey, if you're feeling generous, I could also just call my friend at the Y and see if they need an instructor. For a fencing class every once in a while instead of buying an entire fucking studio where you're going to have four pupils a day to fucking fence. I mean, it's a nice looking place he's got. Yeah. You know, it's set up pretty nicely. And it's, you know, there's a little bit of a student body there. And he is, we, we cut to him and he's fencing with like a little girl and the lesson's over with. And he says something, like she says something and then he's like, 
That's great. Remember, don't watch too much TV, little no, girl. No, no. She says, uh, oh, she's like, she does some stupid move. And he's like, oh, that, that move was stupid. You should have fenced better. And, oh, wow, what a great instructor. And, and he's <laughs> Real like, supportive. Where, uh, uh, where'd you learn that move? And she's like, oh, I saw it on television. Oh, that's right. Yeah, presumably like, watching the John Ritter show. <laughs> All right, little girl, you shouldn't watch too much television. And if Jeffrey Jones comes to your house, you lock the fucking door. I'm serious. You lock the fucking door. Do not. I don't even care if he's associated with the devil. Just lock that door. Heidi ho I heard someone here is a don't, little fan of fencing. Don't take his VHS copies of Beetlejuice. <laughs> He's giving them to the kids. Just don't take them. He won't have you. Hey, here's my VHS copy of Beetlejuice. I call this one the Jeffrey Jones cut. Couple of added scenes in it. Couple of dance numbers. <laughs> Side note to Beetlejuice, I guess at the end they just let Winona Ryder be raised by ghosts? Yeah. Like, that's kind yeah, of... Yeah, that's it. We just... Yeah, right, that's fine. These ghosts are going to raise you now. <laughs> I mean, Catherine O'Hara uh, and Jeffrey Jones are still living in the house, Yeah, though. they're kind of taking... They're taking backseat to that ghost parenting, though. Well, it's like a My Two Dads situation, <laughs> you know? My dead and undead parents. Well, I just... Yeah, I think they're, like, handling the money end and, like, you know, my first period or... And onward... <laughs> Go to Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin, the dead people in your fucking house. Right. Uh, sidebar on um, you not knowing how women work. I'm pretty <laughs> confident Winona Ryder in that movie is long past her first period. I just don't think she's talked about it yet. <laughs> I wouldn't talk to Catherine O'Hara about it either. <laughs> you want to go talk to Jeffrey Jones about it? <laughs> no, thank you. Well, just tell me all about it. Just sit right down. Did I give you my copy of Beetlejuice on VHS yet? <laughs> but you know what? Beetlejuice has some pretty good devil puns and some pretty good death yeah. puns. And it's it's literally the, the goal. It, it's a Phil Hartman sketch versus the Mad TV sketch of this film. And it's just <laughs> pure Mad TV. Side note, how many times do you think... Uh, Phil Hartman turned down Stay Tuned. I would say at least three times. They were like, come on, Phil. Because th- it's, it's kind of hand-picked for him. It's 92. Yeah. He'd been on SNL for, f- uh, what's that, like six years at that point. Like he could have been a, so played like, the game show host. He could have been Jeffrey Jones for sure. Yeah, he could have done any of those. Yeah, yeah, he said no to this movie. I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying well, that. Well, I think, I, I think they did that. Um, I do believe that they did the casting on purpose. Oh, th- trying, yeah. Trying to get the old. Like, I, I guess it probably. No, it didn't pass Mike Chiklis's desk because it's post wired, right? Yeah, well, this is. He's, he's knee deep in the commission at this point. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's busy being on an okay TV show. Uh, I guess I wouldn't recommend this movie. Yeah, that, pro- yeah, that's it, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the end that's of, I mean, he opens a fence. He learns his lesson and finally opens that fencing studio that he's always wanted to do for the last five minutes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's there's no, it's, it's there's nothing here. I mean, see the last seventy one minutes of this podcast to uh, read into this, Chris. Uh, it's not funny. Uh, <laughs> it's not funny. It's, it's not and fun. that's the whole point of the fucking thing is it's supposed to be funny. It's not funny, so it's a big no. If you like some of the worst puns in recorded history. Look on the Wikipedia page for this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't even watch the movie to find them. Wikipedia has pulled them all out for you 
and listed them accordingly. Uh, yeah, I would not recommend this movie. It's not funny. Uh, I would watch uh, another Jeffrey Jones movie that came out the same year, which is Mom and Dad Save the World, which is kind of just the same movie as this a little it, bit. It, it is. It's a weird like companion piece to this film where Jeffrey Jones was doing... Like high concept bad movies, like really <laughs> high concept. Yeah, it's Mom and Dad Saves the World is kind of like this movie, but replace all the devil with like aliens. Yep. And a bonus for Mom and Dad Save the World, uh, you got some John Lovitz Love floating around in that movie. Now, wait, is the mother is the mother from Mom and Dad Save the World the same mother from Mr. Mom? I want to say it's Terry Gar, who, who is yeah. correctly. It yes. is Terry Gar. Yeah, yes, that's correct. Terry, yeah. Mm. yeah, so go watch Mom and Dad Save the World or, you know, any other Jeffrey Jones movie but this one. Yeah, I mean. To I, a point. I mean, let's not get nuts. I'm sure Jeffrey Jones is in some terrible If movies. Jeffrey Jones wrote and directed that movie, do not watch that movie. And lock the fucking door if he knocks on the door. Do not. If Jeffrey Jones personally handed you a movie that he said was a Jeffrey Jones movie, <laughs> don't take it. <laughs> throw it in the garbage. It's worse than the tape from The Ring. Also, throw away Who's My Caddy. <laughs> oh, oh, that is a real post-the-troubles Jeffrey Jones No, that movie. was the end of his troubles because he fucking locked himself away. <laughs> Has he been in anything No, that was that? his last movie. Are you serious? I'm almost positive on that. <sighs> Man, talk about just throwing it away, huh? I mean, I, would he? All right, here's here's an interesting question to kind of end this conversation on, right? If the troubles had not happened, uh-huh. is Jeffrey Jones still making movies and TV today? Oh yeah, it, I would say yes, with a caveat that it's kind of hard to ever guess what a character actor's career is going to be like. Right, there's always that window. You know what I mean? Like you've got your Paul Giamatti, who's a great character actor, who's just going to be the Rhino in that next movie. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you yeah. kind of have that window, like. Kevin Spacey's kind of this way. I mean, Kevin Spacey kind of did leading man stuff, but like people that Stephen Tobolowski, I mean, even though he's kind of on it, I mean, you have your windows, your pockets. Yeah. And here's, here's where I bet you he would have fit because you're right. It is like just, it's hard to predict the life of a character actor, but television has come around to the character actor. Yeah. My theory, he would have been on, on Mad Men in some capacity. Mm-hmm. They would have found a role for Jeffrey Jones. Maybe he's that fat guy uh, that uh, says that he'll make that deal. He works for the Jaguar dealership. Oh, but yeah. But he's got a fuck what's-her-name. Joan, yeah. Yeah, he could have done that. By the way, uh, you are partially right. 2007, Who's Your Caddy? He's the bad guy in that movie. Uh, oh, and Terry Crews is in that movie. But here's an interesting thing. Uncredited role in 2012, that Hemingway and Gellhorn movie that nobody saw on HBO. He's just floating around in there somewhere. Because it's three hours long, and I can't watch Clive Owen for that long. <laughs> they just needed to fill it. Like, I don't know. Nobody else is around. I guess. I guess we have to call Jeffrey Jones. I mean, I, I don't like it. I, 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 I'm not happy about to it. Fill out this fucking screen. That's there's all like, we gotta do. There's like an intern like standing next to the producer, and the producer's talking to the director, and he turns to the intern, and he's like, "Tell him what you just told me." And the kid's like, "I've literally called everyone in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> the only one I have not called is Jeffrey Jones. I've even called the estates of dead actors." <laughs> To make sure that they confirm they're actually dead Seeing before we, I move on to Jeffrey see Jones. See if we could use visual effects to bring them back to life rather than have Jeffrey Jones. As it turns out, it would be more expensive to CGI Cary Grant into this movie. <laughs> I am not shitting you. I just got off the phone with Yahoo Sirius and he's busy. All right? I, 
that's the end of the phone book, all right? I've, I've done it all. I've really done my work here, all right? Look, Rod Steiger's daughter cursed me out <laughs> over the phone for the very notion of what we were asking her to do. I thought you were going to say Rod Steiger's daughter was Kirsty Steiger. <laughs> that makes that me too. laugh for oh, no God. reason. <laughs> Oh, man. And that is Stay Tuned, the first episode of our Stay Tuned month. So, Steve, you are our resident hint giver. I feel like this month we should be giving hints for all the episodes we're going to do uh, for the following week. Because we've, all, we've talked about these movies at length. These movies have come up more than once. Uh, so next week, give a hint as to what we're talking about. I will say that we are going under the sea next week. That's all, that's all I'll say. Next week, We Hate Movies goes under the sea. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find out more information about the show on our website, whmpodcast.com. Like us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. We are at whmpodcast. Right into the mailbag, weallhatemovies at gmail.com. Subscribe in iTunes. If you do rate and review the show there, we would greatly appreciate it. If you have the Stitcher Radio app, you can stream the first five most recent episodes of the show on the go. Uh, like we, d- we decided we were going to just do now until we forget that we're going to do it. We're going to say spread the word about the show. Spread the good word of WHM, whether it's through retweets, sharing our Facebook links, or just emailing your grandma and being like, hey, grandma, check this shit out. I think, I think you might find it funny in the retirement home. I hate Jeffrey Jones. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Blame It on Outer Space returns this month. Eric Siska's conspiracy theory comedy show. Blame it on outerspace.com at blamespacepod on Twitter. Like them on Facebook. Uh, and they are also in iTunes and Stitcher. We are back next week going under the sea. Until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sidak. Chris Gavin. Take it easy. Party turtle. Go party turtle. Okay. All right.